What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine Podcast. This is episode 65. I'm your host, Riley. This week, we got the Houston Open this week. Um, it is not the Vivian Houston Open. It's not the Shell Houston Open. They've changed the name again. Uh, seemingly, like every PGA Tour event does every single year. It's ridiculous. Shout out the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. The most ridiculous name on the PGA Tour, maybe of all time. But we got the Houston Open. The field is actually pretty good. Tony Finau's there. Brooks Kepka's there. Uh, some of the guys we've recently won uh, money betting on, like Mavs there. So there's some names in this field. We're going to talk about the Houston Open, obviously, in a little bit. Victor Hovland defended his title at Mayakoba. The first time someone's ever done that at that tournament. 15-year history. No one has won that tournament back-to-back years. Victor Hovland does it. We're obviously going to talk about him in a bit and uh, touch on Matty Wolf and a couple of other guys in that field. JT also had a big week. Scotty Scheffler also had a big week. I actually thought he might uh, win it um, in the middle, like Friday, Saturday. I'm like, oh, here comes Scotty Scheffler a little bit, but ended up not. His first win is on the horizon. You guys listen to me talk about Scotty Scheffler enough that I don't have to talk about him a bunch this week, but his first win is just coming eventually he's just way too good not to have a win but we'll touch on all that kind of stuff but we actually have some show stuff that we have to get to uh just kind of show updates and what's happening with twilight nine so if this is your first time listening to twilight nine if you haven't heard the news if you were listening to me but not listening to me uh, twilight nine becomes a golf week production next week for the rsm classic so that is very exciting. Um, it's get everything's getting transferred over to Golf Week. Um, don't worry, it's it's moving platforms, but obviously it's still going to go out on Apple, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. It's just going to be presented by Golf Week. That's the only thing that's going to change for you guys is like the little logo, or whatever, in the bottom right hand corner or whatever. It's just going to say like a Golf Week podcast or whatever it ends up being. So it's getting transitioned to Golf Week, which is very exciting because that means that we are now going to be able to get um, some pretty cool names on the show as well as obviously boost up the fan base. It's going to be really awesome. Um, hopefully next year we'll be able to do some shows, um, on site, which is pretty exciting. Um, hopefully maybe even as early as the Florida swing, which would be really nice because I haven't missed in the Arnold Palmer in a while. I have never been to the players championship. So maybe we would take that opportunity to maybe take the show on the road a little bit. So that is all very exciting. Um, a co-host is going to be coming on, which is awesome. If you guys know Andy Nesbitt, he works for, for the win, which is also like a USA today thing, but he's very into golf. Uh, Andy is a sick guy. We were recording, do, um, a demo actually for the higher ups to determine who was going to be the uh, co-host or whatever. And the demo was supposed to be like a five minute conversation. And we just decided to shoot the shit about what's going on with the Saudi league and everything. And I think the demo ended up being like, almost 20 minutes long just because we are having a fucking good time shooting the shit about it going back and forth and i just made the decision i was like no andy's gonna be the co-host whatever he's the guy very exciting we're also gonna have uh um woodard a dub come on the show every once in a while he is another writer for golf week great guy he's gonna be coming on every once in a while it's gonna be very exciting the show's going in a good place second thing um the uh the podcast will be returning to video form most likely most of the time 
um, obviously the major weeks, players, uh, any sort of big tournament, it's probably going to return in video form. That'll be posted on Golf Week for sure. I don't know if it'll go on YouTube or anything, but it'll be embedded somewhere on Golf Week. So that's exciting. Um, social media highlights will be coming back. I just didn't have the time to do any of those anymore just because I have to record the show, edit the show, put it all together, and then also work full time for golf week. So I can't do that anymore, but the show now has an editor starting next week. So, uh, my guy Gabe could do that. So shout out Gabe. If you're listening, that's my guy right there. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, the biggest news. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw this teased a little bit, and it's probably not a surprise because he was on everything last week. Mr. Bubba Watson. I teased it also on the show, actually, now that I'm uh, remembering. A Mr. Bubba Watson, a two-time Masters champion, a 12-time PGA Tour winner, is going to be on the show next week. Um, so, like I said, it's officially brought over to Golf Week next week. The Tuesday episode is technically the first one. And then Thursday will be the Bubber interview. It was awesome. Uh, I think it's close to half an hour talking about his book, the PGA Tour, uh, his goals for the year. Uh, touched on his Georgia Bulldogs, number one ranked team in the country. We talked about a bunch of stuff. It's really awesome. If you guys don't know, his new book, Up and Down, is coming out, uh, or is out now, actually. You can buy it in stores, Barnes & Noble, all that kind of stuff. It's about his mental health battle that he went through from 2015 to 2017. It got worst point at 2017. That's where he started to turn it around. Uh, the book is phenomenal. It is really good. We had a great conversation about mental health, stars taking a break from their sport, whatever. But Bubba will be on the show next week, though. So that is very exciting. Be on the lookout for that on Thursday. That's when that's going to drop. And that's the first of many. The goal is to have. Obviously not like somebody on every single week. It'll more than likely be we'll get um, someone really awesome that you guys will love the interview with probably once a month. Maybe who knows what happens. Maybe it ends up being more than that. But as of right now, we're, we're looking to do one like big, big interview per month. And then if another one comes up, we'll we'll do that one also. But very exciting stuff for the show. So definitely Keep an eye out for that Thursday episode. Uh, that's another thing that kind of comes with it. Once a month, there's going to be two episodes a week, which is pretty awesome. But yeah, so next Thursday is the Bubba Watson interview. You guys are going to want to listen to that one. It was awesome. But I think that's it, Twilight Nine-wise. So there's a bunch of stuff coming up. So next next week, it's on Golf Week. There'll be more social push. You guys will see it all over like Golf Week's Facebook, uh, Twitter account, TikTok, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Uh, my ugly mug is going to be everywhere. So that is very exciting. So be on the lookout for that episode. Be on the lookout for uh, Andy Nesbitt co-hosting next week. And then the Bubba Watson interview drops on Thursday. So a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, other stuff before we get into Victor Hovland's win. The pairings for the QBE shootout. Um, shout out the Shark. Greg Norman, I, it's pretty funny that he's still doing the QBE shootout, even though all the stuff that's going on with Saudi. But he is still maintaining his role in this uh, in this tournament amid all of that kind of stuff. And the pairings actually came out. So no surprise, Harris English and Matt Kuchar are a pair. Uh, they won this event last year by, I think, nine shots. And that broke their previous record that they won this tournament by seven shots back in 2013. This pairing is an absolute problem. Uh, they also have two runner-up finishes on top of that in back-to-back -back years in 2014 and 2015. So these guys, and it's kind of funny because they kind of play golf the same way. They're just very consistent, hit fairways. They're pretty good iron players. They can get hot with the flat stick. And 
Yeah, they've won it three times. So there you go. So that's the first pair. Lexi Thompson and Bubba Watson. That is awesome. This was going to be Bubba's seventh appearance. Uh, Thompson is going to be making her fifth start with her fourth different teammate, which is pretty funny. Her best finish was with Tony Finau back in 2017. They tied for fourth. Uh, Watson came in fifth at the tournament last year. He was with uh, Louis Oosdazen. So it's going to be pretty awesome. Obviously, Lexi was on the Solheim Cup team um, a couple months ago when Bubba was there as a player consultant or whatever they called him. So that pairing, I don't know if that, uh, I don't know, flourished there, if they came up with the idea there. But that's going to be an awesome pair to look at just because they absolutely both bomb the golf ball. It's going to be fun. Uh, the next one, two Aussies, Jason Day, Mark Leishman. Uh, next one, Sam Burns and Billy Horschel, Jason Kokrak and Kevin Na, Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood, the old boys. Uh, and this is the group that I want to just go hang out with, Max Homa and Kevin Kisner. I don't even know if they're going to be sober enough to play golf during that golf tournament. That is going to be a good old fucking time. Max Homa and Kevin Kisner, Brian Harmon and Hudson Swafford. I don't know if you could get a more boring group than those two. Ryan Palmer and Harold Varner third. Sean O'Hara and Steve Stricker. Corey Connors and Graham McDowell, KH Lee and Brant Snedeker. Just kidding. You can get a more boring duo, and that is KH Lee and Brant Snedeker, and that is it. So those are the pairings for the QBE shootout. Pretty cool. I look forward to that one every single year just because it's fun, especially since Lexi plays in it. She's such a badass playing with the boys. It's fucking awesome. Moving on. Victor Hovland defends his title at the Worldwide Technology Championship in Mayakoba, another tongue twister. The 24-year-old became the first player to defend his title in the tournament's history, 15-year history, and that's he became actually the first player to defend a championship uh, for the first time since Brooks Kepka defended the PGA Championship, and that was all the way back in 2019. So it really doesn't happen that often, which doesn't doesn't go well for Carlos Ortiz, who's uh, trying to do it. But actually, Carlos Ortiz was the runner-up to Victor Hovland this week. Victor, very funny. Um, you guys probably saw it if you follow Golf Week at all. It was obviously all over the place. Um, he was warming up on the range on Thursday with Danny Lee, and he goes over and starts asking him about speed and all that kind of stuff because Danny Lee is what uh, is one of George Gankus's guys. So Danny Lee's trying to add as many yards off the tee as possible, so he's doing a bunch of those um, like speed drills. Sung Kang does them too. Obviously, Matty Wolf famously does them, but... So he goes over asking a bunch of questions. Danny Lee hits it with Hovland's driver and uh, snaps his golf club. And I, Victor said he doesn't know how he snapped it, where it snapped it, whatever. But it was just in pieces. James Hahn comes over, or Victor Hovland goes over to James Hahn, gets a backup shaft, puts it in his driver, and he ended up hitting... Um, I think like over seventy something percent of fa- uh, percent of fairways still average right around three hundred yards for the week. He was hitting when I was watching him on Golf Channel. It seemingly he was in every single fairway, right? A little bit. I think it's a little bit shorter of a shaft, so that'll do it. Also, right, you kind of dial in it a little bit. But Victor Hovland was absolutely dialed in all week long. Um, and I mean, no one really ended up being that close. I can look up the final uh, leaderboard, but I think Victor ended up winning by like four, didn't he? Yeah, four over Carlos Ortiz. JT was right there. Scotty Scheffler was right there. And it ended up actually being a pretty damn good leaderboard. Victor Hovland, Carlos Ortiz, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, Matty Wolf, Danny Lee, Abraham Anser, Sergio Garcia, Mav McNeely. Like the boys were up there. Taylor Gooch had a shitty final day, but he was up there too. Aaron Wise. Some of the boys were playing some golf, which is awesome to see. Uh, Matty Cooch out of nowhere. I I thought he forgot how to play golf, but he top 25. So there were some guys. It was a pretty good tournament. I don't know if you guys watched any of it. I didn't catch a bunch of it over the weekend just because football's on. 
Shout out the Patriots. We're just fucking back. I don't know if anybody listening to the show cares about football, but we are just so fucking back. It's unbelievable. Mac Jones, best rookie quarterback. Even though Justin Fields actually looked damn good against the Steelers last night, the refs fucked the Chicago Bears last night if you watch that game. Justin Fields looked really good. Obviously, Trey Lance hasn't played a bunch. Trevor Lawrence looks like dog shit, even though their team is terrible. And which one am I? Oh, and Zach Wilson hasn't played in a couple weeks. But shout out Pats. Uh, Three-game win streak. Love to see that. Got the Brownies coming to town. Might get Odell Beckham Jr. in a couple hours, so shout out the Pats. But yeah, Victor Hovland, third win on tour. Um, He hasn't won in the United States yet. I know whatever. I don't know how the islands work, but he hasn't won a tournament in the 50 states in America. He hasn't won that. So he's still looking for that. And he's a big-time guy. He was one of my guys, obviously, near the end of the year. I think we'll do probably a show based on kind of preview the the four majors. I did it last year go over the golf courses, go over some guys that I think fit the golf courses really well, and then project, predict excuse me, the four major champions next year. And I think that Victor might have to be one of them. He's just so damn consistent. He's so good at everything. I think he's a very underrated putter. When he was getting fit by Ping, I believe they said that they, or they said that Victor, excuse me, had the most consistent putting stroke that they've ever analyzed before in their bay. I think he's a very underrated putter. His short game has got a lot better since he won, what was that, the Bermuda, and said that he sucked at chipping, which is an all-time PGA Tour moment. So good for him. He'll rack him up. I think he's up to 10th in the world. I think he's back inside the top 10 in the world. So he is um, he's a fucking problem, is what it is. But we can move on to the... This is just the most ridiculous name of all time, if you guys are ready for this. The Hewlett Packard Enterprise Houston Open. It's crazy. They really do have to do a better job of fucking naming these tournaments and not letting anybody sponsor a golf tournament. I think the European Tour like sold their name rights. I don't think it's even going to be called the European. I think that broke this morning. I think it's not even called the European Tour anymore. They're calling it like the DP World Tour, I'm pretty sure, or something ridiculous like that. So shout out the Euro Tour. It's dead. But yeah, so we're here for the Houston Open. I'm just calling it the Houston Open because I refuse to call it the Hewitt Packard Enterprise Houston Open. That's just ridiculous. Carlos Ortiz is your defending champion at the same golf course. They've changed the golf course a little bit. They've gone from like the Houston Golf Club or whatever. We're at Memorial Park this year, which is awesome. I think this is the third year that it's here. Um He'll look to become the second consecutive back-to-back winner. Obviously, Victor Hovland last week. See if he, uh, Ortiz can uh, defend his his title. He comes in a good form, like I said at the top of the show. He was the runner-up to Victor Hovland last week, so Carlos Ortiz is feeling it. He is hurt, I'm pretty sure. I think his, one of his shoulders, I think his left shoulder isn't feeling great, which that's why he's not going to be on my card, and he's also not on my fantasy rankings. I don't believe that went live on Golf Week um, earlier today. Just because, I mean, if an injury flares up in the first round, he's got a WD, I'm not touching that. So maybe he wins, maybe he comes in the top 10, top 20, and we miss that on a bet. But if he gets, you know, one swing can make the injury way worse. So we're not going to touch that. Brooks Kepka is in this field and is probably the biggest name in this field. He's all the way down the world, number 15. He's struggling to begin this season. He missed the cut in Mexico, finished uh, outside the top 35 at the CJ Cup in a field that was only, I believe, like 75 guys and then finished outside the top 60 in his first start of the season. So he's just not feeling it. However, last year at this golf course, Kepka tied for fifth. 
So if you're looking for Kepka to have a bounce back week, it might be this week, maybe a little, maybe sprinkle a little Brooks Kepka top 20 if you can get good odds on it because he hasn't been playing great, but he returns to a golf course that he seemingly likes. So who knows? The golf course is Memorial Park Golf Course. It's a par 70, 7,412 yards. They have Bermuda greens over there. The weather looks pretty damn good all week long. Tuesday is partly cloudy, 6% chance of rain, 9 mile an hour winds out of the southeast. Wednesday is partly cloudy, 24% chance of rain, blowing 13 out of the south-southeast. Thursday is partly cloudy, 24% chance of rain, blowing 11 out of the north-northwest. Friday is sunny, 8% chance of rain, blowing 8 out of the north-northeast. Saturday is sunny, 0% chance of rain, blowing 9 out of the north. And Sunday is mostly sunny, 9% chance of rain, blowing 11 out of the south. So the wind is swirling and twirling all week long, which is, that is very weird, but it's down. Not going to have a lot of rain. I mean, three out of the four tournament days, there's less than 10% chance of rain and Saturday zero and a lot of sun. So the green should be fast. They should not be that receptive depending on how much rain they got over the last month or two. So it should be fast. It should be firm. Um, I wouldn't look for the winning score like last week to get to 23 under or whatever it does was. This winning score is usually somewhere in like the low teens. So that's what I would look for this week. Key stats. So this was actually very interesting when I was looking at it. Data Golf actually has driving distance as the second most important stat for this week, only behind strokes and approach. Strokes and approach is a huge one this week. But the two winners at this golf course for this tournament, Memorial Parks, this is going to be the third year. So the last two champions are Carlos Ortiz and Lanto Griffin, two guys that are just not known for pounding it off of the tee box. So that tracks kind of, I don't really know, but at a par 70 golf course, measuring over 7,400 yards, I don't think driving distance off the tee is going to hurt you, right? That's a lot of distance to cover on a par 70 golf course. They make up for it a lot. I I think I had to look at the scorecard again. I know there are multiple par threes that are going to play over 200 yards. So they kind of make up for it in the, in the par three department, but we'll see what happens. Obviously strokes and approach, uh, I am quickly learning as I'm doing this betting thing uh, year in and year out that stroking approach is pretty much important every single week. I mean, if you're a good iron player and you just find fairways, you're probably going to have a pretty decent chance of contending. So that can go, you know, without saying. But the one thing that I am going to say is Bermuda putting. The greens are going to be fast. They're going to be really lightning fast. Actually, they're Bermuda greens. I say this every time that we talk about Bermuda. Some guys love them. Some hate them. So we're going to look for guys that fit the fit the mold for dudes who putt well on lightning fast Bermuda greens, which it is weird because Fantasy National, if you guys use that tool, you can narrow down pretty much everything. You can go a par 70 golf course that measures over 7,400 yards with lightning fast greens Bermuda and then search whoever plays well at those golf courses. It's actually very funny. Data golf information, course fit. Number one is Albany, and that is the home to Tiger Woods' Hero World Challenge, which is actually coming up here in a couple weeks, I believe. Um, Shout out Roars. He's going down there for the first time. Number two is Detroit Golf Club. That is the home to the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And number three is Southern Hills Country Club. Trending among the players in the field, number one is actually Sung J M. His last three starts, T13, a win, and T9. Number two is Cameron Smith, T34, T14, T9. And number three is Sam Burns with a win, T14, in T5. Percent chance of win based on on course history, fit, trending, all that kind of stuff. Sam Burns is number one at 4.7%. Scotty Scheffler is at 4% and Sungjae Im is at 3.9%. So the model, the boys over at Datagolf, 
like Scotty Scheffler, which is very interesting. And Sam Burns, obviously, because other than maybe, even though Joan Room has not played great in his last couple starts, Sam Burns might be like the best golfer in the world right now, which is just ridiculous to say. But it's kind of true. Betting odds. Odds provided by Typico Sportsbook. Access USA Today's sports betting odds. A full list on the website. The top 10 betting odds boys. Sam Burns, plus 1,300. Then we got uh three guys at 2000 cameron smith scotty scheffler and sung jm we got six the other six guys are at plus 3000 adam scott tony finau terrell hatton brooks kapka taylor gooch and aaron wise um before we get into the three picks that i have already on the card um the card hasn't been solidified yet the in-depth preview on golf week will go live on wednesday morning like early probably like 7 a.m last week Actually, you know what? Let's go over that real quick. Let's go over uh, last week's card that was on the in-depth preview for Mayakoba before we get into the other one. So last week's card, we had Aaron Wise for a top 20 at plus 190. That hit. We had Scotty Scheffler for a top 20 at plus 230. That hit. Shane Lowry for a top 20. He missed the cut. Billy Horschel top 20. He had like a stretch of like nine holes that he played like shit and that lost us a bet, which is a little bit of a bummer. And then we had Abe answer top 10 for plus 210 that also hit. So we were plus 630, I believe, on wins, minus 200 for the losses. We'll just make $100 worth a unit. So we were up 4.3 units last week in Mayakoba. So that was a good week. So we're looking to keep that going for sure. Um, but before we get into the three picks that I have already for the card, we can go over the 10 guys just in case you missed um, the fantasy rankings on Golf Week. Obviously, you can still go on there if you want to look at them. But the 10 guys that I have on fantasy rankings, um, and I'll include the typical odds, obviously. But if you guys out there want to play some fantasy, here is the Fantasy Golf Top 10. Sam Bur- And no particular order. These are just the 10 guys that I like this week. Sam Burns at plus 1,300. Three starts this season. Burns' worst finish is T14, and he already uh, has a win at the Sanderson Farms. Last season, Houston Burns finished T7. He'll be expensive, obviously, for your lineup, but because of recent form, because of tournament history, and because he's probably the hottest player on the earth right now, you might want to consider putting him in your lineup, even though he'll probably be one of the most expensive. Cameron Smith, the dude is just due. It's simple as that. He's been hanging around the top of the leaderboard way too much and with nothing to show for it. I know he won the Zurich back with Mark Leishman, but he was right there at the FedEx St. Jude Invitational when Abraham Answer won. If you guys remember, he just blew his tee shot way right into the trees, tried to play it out, it hit a tree, went out of bounds. It was a shit show. He didn't get into the playoff. He was right there for that. He lost in a playoff to Tony Finau at the Northern Trust. He's been there a couple times over the last couple months, and he's just got nothing to show for it. He's only made one start this season so far. It was at the CJ Cup, but he did tie for ninth. So he has one good start and one start. So we'll see if Cameron Smith can turn it on and maybe get a win. Maverick McNeely is once again on this list. He's just off to a great start this season. He has three top 25 finishes in his last five starts, including last week in Mexico where he tied for 11th. He's played in the Houston Open each of the last two seasons, which remember is important because this is the golf course we're talking about. Once you go past a couple years, that is no longer the same golf course. So we really don't care um, unless you bring in the fact like they win, maybe they feel comfortable in the city, whatever. 
or on that type of ground, that kind of grass, all that kind of stuff. Maverick McNeely has played this event each of the last two seasons, and he top 20 in both of those. So that's why we like Mav. He's in good form, and he likes this golf course. Scotty Scheffler, he's again on the list. It wouldn't be right to be in Texas and not have the Texan on that list. He had a very solid week south of the border. He turned in a solo fourth. He played at Memorial Park the last two seasons as well. With mild success, T28 in 2019, T32 in 2020. But because of his form, because he's a Texan, because he's played decently, I like him. We're hoping for a top 20 finish. That'll get us enough points, I believe, for him to be worth it in our lineup. If, if he can if he can get like a T12, a T8, something along those lines. We don't need him to win. We just need a little value because he is probably going to be one of the more expensive players in that lineup. Carlos Ortiz is the next one. It's really hard to defend your title in the PGA Tour, especially when it hasn't been done since 2019 before last week, and then you got to do two two weeks in a row. It's probably not likely, but because of his form, Carlos Ortiz, he was a solo runner, runner up excuse me, last week in Mexico. He won in Houston last year, and the year before that at the same golf course, he finished T4. So he's just really comfortable at this golf course. He's in good form. If his shoulder is feeling better, I, it's not going to be a surprise to me whatsoever come Sunday afternoon as Carlos Ortiz is in the top 10 again. He's just, everything points to him having another good week is what I'm saying. Matty Wolf. He's on this list. He held the 18 and 36 hole leads in Mexico last week. And then in the third round, just demolished any chances of him winning for the second time on tour. But the kid has seemingly found his game. Once again, he has three top twenties this season and three starts, including two top five. So we really like that. We'll see if Matty Wolf can bring it again uh, in Houston. Aaron wise again, like Wolf is just off to a very hot start to this season. In his last three events, he's T8, T5, T15. Last season, he finished T11 at this golf course. His only win on tour came in the state of Texas back at the 2018 AT&T Byron Nelson. So we'll see if Aaron Wise can get a win for the second time on the PGA Tour. I really like him this week. This is one of those defending champions that I was talking about that came before the course change, and that man is Ian Poulter. Uh, you might be thinking, Riley, he missed the cut. What the fuck are you talking about? He just missed the cut in Mexico. I'm not putting Ian Poulter in my lineup. He was actually in contention on Friday. Standing on the 16th tee, his third to last hole of the day, he was eight under for the week in like in contention. And then he made quadruple bogey on 16. He bogeyed 17 and he ended up missing the cut. Unbelievable turn of circumstance. It was very funny, actually. But a few weeks ago in Vegas, he turned in a top 20 finish. He won this tournament back in 2018. I know, I know it's not the same golf course, but you can feel comfortable in a region. And who knows? Maybe he feels comfortable in Houston. Maybe he likes the food in Houston. Maybe he likes the heat. Maybe he likes the weather. I don't know. But I think he played a lot better. He literally missed a weekend at Mayakoba because of one hole. So I'm not going to fault the guy for missing a cut because of one hole. Not a lot of people, I think, are going to target Ian Poulter. Because of that, they're going to see a miscut in his last start and be like, huh? So we'll see what happens. Terrell Hatton is on this list. He grabbed the top 20 a couple weeks ago at the CJ Cup. He made the cut last week in Mexico, but didn't do anything crazy. He tied for 40th. Last year in Houston, uh, he played great golf and tied for seventh, so a top 10 finish. He's not one of the more expensive guys. He's probably that second or third tier down, so he may be worth it. All we're looking for there is a top 30, top 25, and Hatton will be worth the money. And then the last one, another past champion of this event, and that is Russell Henley. He finished T56 in Mexico last week, but three of his four rounds were actually 69 or better. He shot 76 on Saturday, and that was pretty much his lone lone blemish of the week. He looked great all the rest of the time. Saturday sucked, and that 
really put him down the leaderboard, but he played really good golf the rest of the week. He won this event back. He won this event back in 2017. I can't talk today, folks. Bear with me. Again, that's a different golf course. And then actually, Data Golf says Henley's game fits this track very, very well. One of the best in the field, actually. I think he was tenth when it came to game fit at this golf course. So I mean, which makes sense, right? We're about to talk to about Russell Henley a little bit more in depth here in a second because he's one of the bets on the card already. But his game is just so consistent that it makes sense at a golf course like this that he might end up being in the mix. So let's go over three guys to add to your cards this week before we get out of here. The betting card so far is Taylor Gooch, and all these odds are obviously typical. Shout out Tipico. Uh, the first one, Taylor Gooch, top 20 plus 170. He's just been playing really good golf. This season, T4, T11, T5, T11. Is he hanging around for a win? Who knows? Is he good enough to maybe pop in a T18? I think so. He's not going to overpower this golf course, but he's getting it out far far enough that he's keeping up with the guys that average 220. He's averaging 306 off the tee, which is good enough for me. And he's finding the short grass at a 75.7% clip. That is good enough for 15th so far on tour this season. So he's finding the short grass and he's a good ball striker. All we need him to do is top 20. He's coming in in fantastic form. And the last two seasons at Memorial Park, Guchwen is fantastic. T4 in 2019, solo fourth in 2020. He has fantastic course history. He's trending ridiculously right now. I don't know how he's not number one trending on data golf. T4, T11, T5, T11. I know that a win factors heavily into that. But all we need is a top 20 out of Gooch. Love it. Another one, Aaron Wise, got to stick with the hot hand. He was on the card last week. He won us a bet, so you got to show him a little bit of respect and give it to him again. Like I said, when we were going over his fantasy rankings, his only win came back in Texas. That was the 2018 AT&T Byron Nelson. Last season of the event, he finished T11 over his last three events, T8, T5, T15. You guys know this already. I just went over that, but that's going to be one of our guys for the week. That's also a top 20. And then I just mentioned Russell Henley, top 20, and this is a Pretty big value pick, uh, plus 220. So that's that's pretty big. I think our biggest value last week was Scotty Scheffler top 20 for plus 230, which is just ridiculous for Scotty Scheffler. But it's Russell Henley. So this is a little bit more of a value pick here. One round, uh, bad round in Mexico cost him, like I just said. He's on the verge of a really, really good start. His other two starts this season, T21, T25 last week again was like T56, but that's literally because of one round. He's on the verge of a really good start. He's already won here. He's driving it nearly 300 yards. I think he's averaging just under 299. And he's hitting 78.7% of fairways, which ranks third on tour. And in Data Golf's most important category this week at Memorial Park, strokes and approach, so far this season, he is number one on the PGA Tour in strokes and approach. He's a ridiculous iron player. If he finds fairways at Memorial Park and stays around 300 off the tee, he's going to contend if that putter just cooperates even slightly because his iron play is so goddamn good. So I love all three of those bets. I know with like Brooks Kepka in the field, Tony Fee now in the field, Scotty Scheffler in the field, Patrick Reed in the field, all these boys in the field, you're like, are you really have Taylor Gooch, Aaron Wise, and Russell Henley? Yes, I do, because that's how you make money with top 20. So hopefully they hit. We hit some really good bets last week. Um, what were we? Three for five plus 630 and then you take away the, uh, the two units plus 4.3 units. We love to see that. But that's the card so far this week for the uh, Houston Open. The rest of the card will come out whenever the in-depth preview on Golf Week drops. That should be, uh, get out of here, finish this up. 
it should be scheduled for Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. So Wednesday early morning, take a look at it. That's going to be the card for the week. Um, so make sure you get your bets in and stuff coming off a plus 430 week. We love that. So hopefully um, we can keep that rolling. But that is it for the show. Um, follow the Instagram at Twilight9Pod at Riley Hamill underscore is my personal if you want to follow me. Um, and next week, remember, uh, you might, you're going to hear another voice on the podcast next week my good friend Annie Nesbitt, which I'm very excited about talking about the RSM, obviously recap the Houston Open, kind of shoot the shit, whatever. And then Bubba Watson is making his Twilight Nine debut and pretty much our first like interview interview uh, debut for Twilight Nine, which is very exciting. Cannot wait for that. So be on the lookout for that on Thursday. Again, betting article comes out uh, early, early, early tomorrow morning. So take a look at that. But that's it, guys awesome i can't wait for you guys to hear the interview next week obviously we'll dive into it a little bit more um with andy next week before the episode comes out really looking forward to you guys hearing that bubble was fucking awesome great guy uh and just a really good interview so enjoy the golf this weekend the houston open the field actually looks pretty damn good so enjoy the golf and i will talk to you guys next week